Welcome to the Clipper Chance podcast, where our experts discuss pressing issues and trends faced by the business world today. Welcome to the second episode of the Asia Pacific Funds and Investment Management series. I'm Viola Loy, a partner in the Funds and Investment Management team of Clipper Chance in Hong Kong. And I'm Ben Law, a senior associate in the Funds and Investment Management team, also here in Hong Kong. In our first episode, we talked about Hong Kong's new limited partnership fund regime and the limited partnership fund bill. In today's episode, we want to look at the tax component of Hong Kong's limited partnership fund regime. In particular, we want to talk about the so-called unified funds tax exemption, and we'll briefly touch upon the proposed carried interest tax concession towards the end. And in each case, how this helps GPs using a limited partnership fund. And for this, we are joined today by Anthony Fay. Hello. Tony, you are a tax expert and you're working closely with us on fund structuring and general tax issues that concern funds. Please could you tell our listeners a little about yourself? Yes, of course. I am a counsel in the Hong Kong office specializing in tax matters across the Asia-Pacific region. As you can tell from my accent, I'm originally from the U.S. and started my tax career there but have now been in Asia for over 15 years. A good deal of my current practice is in the M&A and fund space, and my clients come from a wide range of sectors, from financial investors to insurance companies to corporates. It's great to have you on our podcast, Tony. Before we talk about tax, though, we should briefly update everyone on the status of the Limited Partnership Fund Bill. The bill, which was introduced in March this year, was passed by the Legislative Council on July 9th. It provides an alternative investment vehicle for private fund managers raising funds or investing in Asia-Pacific and requiring a regional domiciled fund vehicle. The Limited Partnership Fund regime is an opt-in registration scheme administered by the Hong Kong Company Registry. It's aimed at attracting private funds, for example, private equity, real estate and venture capital funds, to set up and operate in Hong Kong. That is right. Since the bill has been passed, it was signed by the Chief Executive on the 16th of July and gazetted on the 17th of July. The bill will be Chapter 637 of the Laws of Hong Kong and its title will be the Limited Partnership Fund Ordinance. Also, the company's registry has now issued the specified forms and some guidance on their website, where they host a thematic section on this Limited Partnership Fund Ordinance. So we are very much on track for 31st of August when the ordinance will come into force. Great. Now to tax, Tony. How is the tax relevant um, to Hong Kong's limited partnership fund regime? Whenever you set up an investment fund, the first question you ask yourself is, which legal entity and which jurisdiction is tax efficient for my investment program? In general, you would be looking for a jurisdiction that offers tax neutrality for your fund vehicle, and that not only won't add, but may also help reduce incremental tax costs between your investors and the underlying investments. Hence, there are two aspects to this. Whether the fund itself would be subject to tax in its own jurisdiction and whether repatriating funds from the jurisdictions in which the investments are located is tax efficient. So in the case of the Hong Kong Limited Partnership Fund regime, we ask whether Hong Kong would impose tax on the Limited Partnership Fund. Any withholding taxes on profit distributions and whether Hong Kong has double taxation treaties with the countries in which your investments will be. Yes. 
And in short, the answer is that an LPF would generally not be taxed in Hong Kong, and Hong Kong also does not impose any withholding taxes. In addition, Hong Kong also has over 40 double taxation treaties with partner jurisdictions, including with not only the two most important investment destinations in Asia, mainland China and India, but also with Cambodia, Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, Malaysia and Vietnam. Hong Kong is also currently negotiating over a dozen more. And then another question, I guess, will be, how will my income as a GP be taxed? Correct, but more precisely, how will my carried interest be taxed? Let's leave double taxation treaties by the side. These treaties have developed over a longer period, and the current network is fairly strong. To summarise for our listeners, the two main tax elements for Hong Kong's limited partnership fund regime are 1. The Unified Funds Tax Exception, which generally exempts limited partnership funds from taxation in Hong Kong, and two, the carried interest tax concession, which will incentivize private fund managers to set up in Hong Kong, but which has not yet been drafted or published. Tony, let's start with the unified funds tax exemption. What is it, and how does it help us? Sure, before we go into the details, we should explain two things to listeners. First, any funds tax exemption in Hong Kong does not work by exempting an entity from all taxation. Instead, the funds tax exemptions exempt the entity from tax on profits deriving from qualifying investments. We will talk about qualifying investments later in this episode. Second, I would add that exempting fund vehicles from tax is not new in Hong Kong. Prior to the enactment of the Unified Funds Tax Exemption, since 2006, Hong Kong had a preferential tax regime for offshore funds only, that is, funds whose central management and control are exercised outside of Hong Kong. This offshore tax exemption regime initially catered to hedge funds only, but it was expanded in 2015 to cover private equity funds. If Hong Kong already had a fairly comprehensive tax exemption regime for funds, why did Hong Kong need to introduce a unified funds tax exemption in 2019? Well, there were a few issues with the offshore funds tax exemption regime. At the most basic level, the offshore funds tax exemption would, of course, not have been suitable for an onshore vehicle like the Limited Partnership Fund. After all, this was an exemption available to offshore funds, as opposed to the Limited Partnership Fund regime, which is applicable to onshore funds, meaning funds that can have their central management and control in Hong Kong. But beyond that, the introduction of the Unified Funds Tax Exemption was spurred by a desire to modernize Hong Kong's funds tax exemption regime so that it is competitive with those offered by other major international fund domiciles. There were two main objectives to this. First, the European Union had viewed Hong Kong's offshore funds tax exemption as exhibiting so-called ring-fencing features that were considered harmful to global tax competition. This had to be changed or else Hong Kong would be at risk of being classified as a non-cooperative taxing jurisdiction by the EU. The ring-fencing aspect was because the eligibility for the offshore funds tax exemption regime was external to Hong Kong, meaning the preferential tax regime was partially or fully isolated from the domestic Hong Kong economy. Not only did the exemption exclude onshore Hong Kong entities from enjoying tax concessions in Hong Kong, The scope of qualifying investments eligible for the tax exemption also excluded investments in Hong Kong private companies. 
Hong Kong then committed to modify its preferential tax regime for funds to address these concerns. And this is an example of the global trend towards onshoreization of investment funds, driven by global tax initiatives that we discussed in our first episode. Broadly speaking, yes. Second, the offshore funds tax regime had some important limitations, making it less appealing for fund managers to fully take advantage of the tax exemption. One particularly problematic area was around so-called tainting, where one single non-qualifying investment could render the entire fund ineligible for the profits tax exemption. Another problematic area, as earlier mentioned, was that the offshore funds tax exemption did not cover investments in Hong Kong private companies or non-Hong Kong private companies with business operations in Hong Kong. As you can imagine, this was unattractive from a policy perspective as it not only discouraged international funds from making underlying investments into Hong Kong businesses, it also required private equity funds to undertake careful due diligence to ensure their targets do not have substantial Hong Kong business connections in order to avoid running afoul of the tax exemption conditions. So really, the pre-2019 version of the funds tax exemptions did not quite get Hong Kong where it has to be to become a funds domicile. No, it didn't. In fact, there has been some statistical data indicating that very few fund managers opted to take take full advantage of the offshore funds tax exemption. So with all this out of the way, how does the new improved unified funds tax exemption help a limited partnership fund? It does so in the following ways. First, it covers all funds, whether domiciled in Hong Kong or not, that meet the prescribed definition of a fund. The definition of a fund is almost an exact mirror of the regulatory definition of a collective investment scheme under the Hong Kong Securities and Futures Ordinance, or the SFO. And one thing to point out here from a corporate perspective is that the Limited Partnership Fund Ordinance also uses this definition of fund. So the intention here clearly was to create a consistent application across tax, financial services, regulatory and partnership law. Second, if an entity meets the definition of a fund, The profits of the fund derive from qualifying transactions, and transactions incidental to such qualifying transactions will be eligible for profits tax exemption, provided the qualifying transactions are either carried out in Hong Kong by or through, or arranged in Hong Kong by a person licensed under the SFO, or the fund meets an alternative eligibility test without the use of an SFC licensed manager or advisor. So the Unified Funds Tax Exemption enables limited partnership funds not to pay tax on profits. That way, there is no tax leakage from the limited partnership fund. And investors in a limited partnership fund would only bear tax levied on their distribution by their own national tax authorities. This is the position in all of the main fund domicile jurisdictions. In Hong Kong, though, it is very important when setting up a limited partnership fund that the investment program can be implemented through qualifying investments. So what are qualifying investments, Tony? The scope of qualifying investments is quite broad and covers typical transactions carried out by hedge funds and private equity funds. For private equity funds, two exceptions are worth mentioning, though. Investments in Hong Kong real estate and short-term private equity holdings. That means that profits arising from disposals of private companies that hold directly or indirectly More than 10% of their assets in Hong Kong real estate will not be exempt from profits tax. And investments in private companies, whether in Hong Kong or elsewhere, 
that are held for less than two years are also not eligible for the profits tax exemption unless the fund does not have a controlling stake in the private company or alternatively, 50% or less of the private company's assets comprise short-term assets. I remember that previously there was some doubt about how useful the tax exemption is for credit funds. Is that still an issue? Unfortunately, yes. The Inland Revenue Department, or the IRD, has a long-standing view that the holding of securities to earn interest income is not a qualifying transaction in securities. That means that interest income derived from the holding of debt securities can only be considered income from incidental transactions. This is not necessarily problematic because income arising from incidental transactions remains tax-exempt. It's just that the amount of incidental income eligible for, for tax exemption is capped at 5% of total trading receipts of the fund. One thing to note then is that sponsors of credit funds and real estate funds that may invest in Hong Kong should plan their taxes carefully. What happens though if a limited partnership fund engages in a transaction in something that is not a qualifying investment? Under the Unified Funds Tax Exemption, that is not so much a problem. Any Hong Kong sourced revenue profits derived from investments in non-qualifying transactions would simply be taxed individually without jeopardizing the exemption for qualifying transactions of the fund. I would also note here that Hong Kong has a territorial tax system, meaning that any non-Hong Kong sourced profits is not subject to profits tax in Hong Kong with or without the tax exemption. Are there any areas GP should additionally be mindful of when structuring a limited partnership fund um, and intending to rely on the unified funds tax exemption? I would say that the unified funds tax exemption is relatively straightforward to apply for conventional fund structures. However, more complex are non-conventional fund structures, such as those that may adopt multi-tier holding structures, would need to pay close attention to how each entity within the fund structure is classified when applying the tax exemption. One potentially tricky aspect is how the Unified Funds Tax Exemption defines an SPV. The Unified Funds Tax Exemption extends the tax exemption to SPVs in a private equity fund structure, but there is a very narrow definition of what an SPV can and cannot do. In particular, they cannot do more than just hold and administer shares in private companies. This alone raises a whole set of issues, including what does it mean to only hold and administer? And what happens if the SPV holds assets other than shares in a private company? This has been very informative, Tony. These rules are very technical, as our listeners will have learned from this podcast. We are, of course, very happy to assist GPs with structuring their limited partnership fund. And we would, of course, involve you and our clients' tax advisors closely. Given how complex the rules are, has the Inland Revenue Department offered any guidance on how they will apply the Unified Funds Tax Exemption? Yes. Some focus in the coming weeks will be on the Inland Revenue Department's Departmental Interpretation and Practice Notes on the new Unified Funds Tax Exemption under DIPN 61, which was released just weeks ago. In short, there are no surprises for limited partnership funds that are plain vanilla funds meaning funds that have a number of third-party investors and are managed in the usual way. As I alluded to earlier, there is some not-so-good news for non-conventional fund structures such as single investor vehicles, as well as private equity funds that adopt multi-tier holding structures that may hold assets other than shares in private companies. If a general partner is setting up such structures, 
I would recommend paying extra attention to the guidance. But to be clear, this will not be an issue for a plain vanilla fun vehicle. Tony Viola, we said at the beginning of the episode that we would talk about the carried interest tax concession. Financial Secretary Paul Chen announced the tax concession as 2020-21 budget in February. We have left this to the very end of this episode because this is very much work in progress, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Hong Kong has announced that legislating a preferential tax regime for carried interest is on the agenda to complement the Limited Partnership Fund and the new Unified Funds tax exemption regime. We haven't seen the draft proposals yet, but are hopeful this will be available sometime this year. It is likely that we'll see some form of preferential tax rate for qualifying carried interest, which is lower than the current profits tax rate of 16.5%. This brings us to the end of our second episode. Tony, many thanks for joining us today and for all your insights into the tax aspects of Hong Kong's new limited partnership fund regime. It was a pleasure. If you have been listening to this episode and you have questions or ideas, please do not hesitate to email us. We would be glad to hear from you. Goodbye. 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 You've been listening to the Clifford Chance podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast by visiting cliffordchance.com and follow us on LinkedIn.